As he moved by her to lean into the car, she took a breath. Yep, he smelled as good as he looked, because of course he did. Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 113 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, May 4th. Cue the jokes. Anyway, I am chatting with Susan McEwen today. We are talking romance. I had such a great time talking with this author. We're going to get right to it, and I will see you after. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome Susan McEwen to the show. She is a romance writer. I was very excited to kind of accidentally meet her and, and research, start reading her books. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so excited to meet you. We met on an odd, um, I don't know, Facebook group thing. Somebody was yeah. complaining about something and everybody was trying to, trying to help this guy and, and, um, and, uh, I'm just fixing my green screen here. Hang on. If anybody's watching, sorry, people. I just realized my green screen was screwy. Okay, so we met on like we met on this weird Facebook post, and this guy was complaining about stuff, and I don't know. But anyway, and so I I uh, just glanced to see what kind of books you you wrote, and you write romance, and and I'm always looking for interesting romance to read because it never was a genre that really appealed to me, but I think it was because the way traditionally published authors did romance, I didn't like. And I like the way indie authors do romance. Oh, do you do you feel a difference with indie romance versus traditional romance? Um, well, the main romance writer, uh, writer that I've consumed over the years was Georgette Hayer, back in my teen years, historical romance, and Nora Roberts. So that's sort of, she's sort of in a kind of stratosphere of her own. Um, anything sort of under that I don't consume that much of. Uh, but indies seem to be very free-flowing and there doesn't seem to be much of a limit to what they can do, which I really do like. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and the more indie ones I read, the more I want to read it. Yes. So, yes. yeah, so which, yeah, which anybody who listens to the show would be surprised because I usually say, you know, romance just isn't my um, – it's not something I, I look for. But, yeah. boy – I, I have thoroughly enjoyed the indie romances. I've got several that are arriving yeah, in the mail. I think, um, I think for me, I don't read romances that much myself, which is a bit strange, but I am a hopeless romantic and it is what I turn to when I need to feel happy. So I, I love all sorts of different types of books. I love historical fiction, women's fiction, Leanne Moriarty, um, oh, back in the day, um, Tom Clancy. I can follow it. These are sorts of the books that I consume. But when I just need to just downtime and get a feel good, happily ever after, romance is going to do it for me every day of the week. And, you know, and that's what did it for me uh, as we were chatting with that crazy guy and I was looking through your book. It was just such a sweet story. I could just sit back and just read through. And I, I this is this is the birthday series. Mm. And there are four books in the series, and I just grabbed the first one, and, and, and she was laughing at me because I grabbed the fourth one. Yes. <laughs> Not the first one. No, and I'm and, a Capricorn, and I'm like, oh, no, you're reading out of order. Twitch, twitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, even though reading it out of order, I had no issues with who people were and what the relationships yes. were. It felt like I was jumping into the first book in a series. Oh, excellent. And uh, looking at them, it looks like you've taken each of the characters and they've had their own 
uh, origin story and and met their their true love and yeah. then you just keep adding you take some of the side characters and then that becomes your next your next character yes yes now this right. this birthday series you you talk about it being a co-project mm -hmm. so explain yes. what a co-project is Okay, so this is um, obviously you would have seen that we write under the pen name Mary Waterford. Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and my sister lives in Germany. Um, and so this was something that we decided to do together because we were both in lockdown in 2020. And, of course, being in Melbourne, I did a lot of lockdown. And uh, returning to romance writing because it is light and it is feel good and it makes me feel good to do it and it makes me feel good to hope that other people are feeling good reading what what I'm producing um, and so it was all a mood lifter when I was um, in that heavy long Melbourne lockdown and so I reached out to my sister in Germany and I said um, look I'm writing a novel it seems to be going really well it wasn't one of the birthday novels it's about to be resurrected um, now but I said it's going really well it probably needs some polishing up do you want to come in and do romance writing with me um, I'm thinking that we might try self-publishing and you know she was sort of languishing in her own lockdowns in Germany and she said yeah I'm all in let's go um, and so the co-project part of it is that we plan the books together but at this stage we're writing them separately so these four books I have written but it's a co-project in that we speak to each other every day. We plan all the marketing. We plan the release schedules. We plan the TikToks. Um, and so there's a lot of, yeah, cooperation involved in managing the whole project. Yeah, and she's over in Germany. So what, what, what I know for us, it's you're in the future. <laughs> yes, it's already... I'm also in the future. I'm always in the future except for New Zealand and I think Tuvalu. <laughs> yeah, it's nice in the future. So was it hard to try to coordinate um, time-wise or logistics-wise, do you mean? Everything, you know, it's like my sister lives in California and she's only three hours ahead and we have a hell of a time coordinating and talking. Um, no, I think because I'm, I'm a night person, so it's really not uncommon for me to still be awake at 1am working, um, which is about when she finishes her work day because she's about eight hours behind. So midnight for me is 4pm for her. 1am for me is 5pm for her. And so she might finish her work day and then we get on and, and we work while everyone at my house is asleep, which is nice. So no, that's been fine. Now, I, I, I saw, I, I like how you described it as um, wasabi, sweet and... Uh, if, our, if our books were chocolate, they'd be wasabi flavoured, sweet and hot. Sweet and hot. I like that. Yes. So do you. You, do you want to make sure that some romance readers, if you don't have that happy ending, they're going to freak out? Do you want to make sure that you hit all the expected tropes? Uh, yes. Yes. I think that for me, being a romance reader, I'm never going to write a book that doesn't have a happy ever after uh, because that makes me feel good. Like, Because you know, one of the conventions of romance writing is generally um, the black moment or they call it the darkest night. Um, and so obviously some books can have a, quite a full-on black moment, some less so. Um, for me, when I'm writing those black moments for my characters, I really struggle. I'm just like, oh, no, I've got to do this to them. I've got to tear them apart because it's so satisfying when you get them back together. Um, and so for me, I have all of those feelings and I, I, want the down, I want the down so that I can get the up. And that is what I want the readers to feel as well. So it's always going to be a happily ever after from Mary Waterford. That is for sure. Yeah, and I think I like that. You know, and and especially I hate to say these trying times, but in these trying times, we really want that 
little something that we know is going to pay off and make us happy. 100%. Absolutely. That is exactly why I'm doing it. Because it doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. If my, I write about love. I sit down on my couch and I open my laptop and I write about love and kisses and really hot shags. What's not nice to, what's not good about that? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a good hot guy in, in um, birthday present, birthday portrait, birthday portrait. Birthday, yeah, birthday portrait. Yes, yes. So when you guys started, were you always a writer? Um, I have always written, but I've never published before. And uh, I was I started also studying a Bachelor of Arts, which I'm trying to also do amongst everything else. Uh, and a component of that was creative writing. And that kind of, I don't know, it kicked me off a bit. It hasn't been enough to really hold me to doing that part of the degree, but it kicked me off just to get back into my writing brain because I've got four kids. And so balancing time in my brain for anything else can be a bit hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they like attention. So. Oh, they do? Yeah, they do, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I love them, but yeah, they're, they're demanding. So with all those kids and with the writing and with the time changes, are you exhausted all the time or, or does the writing help to keep you going? Um, I think it's probably I'm exhausted and energized all in one, all at the same time. Um, I do find that uh, I have about 25 books planned in my own head. Um, and so that is very mentally demanding, but it's like a fantasy world that I can just escape to at any time. And so that's, that is an interesting process. I do feel like I'm living a bit of a disjointed life separate from my daily life in that escape. But um, yeah, and that's tiring, but also really amazing. Do you do a lot of, you say you go to those books planned. Uh, most, most writers, well, most writers that I know, we do. We try to have lots of books planned in our head. Mm. And do you do, do you, do you sit down and outline or, or break down future ideas? Yes, I do, because what we're doing now is specifically important for the uh, next part of the project. It's all going to be set in one town. So we're in this book set in this series that you're reading is set in Australia. The next one will be set in North Carolina in a little fictional town called Esperance. And all the series will be set there. And so they won't be connected. It won't be that you have to read this series before you can move on to that series. All the books will be standalone. But I want to be able to pull characters in, like characters that I've got for future books, I want them to be appearing in these books and vice versa. And so it does have to be nutted out so that I don't constantly stress while I'm writing that I might be creating a plot hole for a future book. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good idea. And I, I know a lot of writers say, well, I'm a, I'm a pantser, pantster. I always say it wrong. I always say uh -huh. pantser without the pantser. T. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. So, and then they say, you know, I, I don't want to have to outline and I make it up as I go along. And yeah, that's great. But I think you need just a basic yes. uh, frame, even yes. just two or three sentences of things that you want to make sure you have. Yes. Uh, I write um, s uh, serials also, serial fiction. And I've caught myself uh, setting up something and then forgetting about it and moving yes. on and going, wait a yes. minute. There was something I was going to do with her cell phone that I never did that, yeah. you know, I figure. And my editor said, don't worry about it, because when it when you turn it into a novel, eventually we'll address all that. It's like, OK, right. great. You yes. know, cause yeah. serial fiction's a little more forgiving, I think, as you're as you're going along, because it's it is kind of made up on the spot, you know, as, as you right. go. So that, that I kind of like. But you do I do have to have a little bit of, a, of an outline structure. Uh, I mean, for novels, I definitely outline. I'm, yes. I'm very anal about my outlining. Now, so this is, you have four out. 
in the birthday yes. series. Yes. And those are the first four? Yes. So these, these are the first four books I've ever written. Um, well, just a publication standard, what I would consider publication standard. And then the next four are a completely different series, completely different characters set in America. So these ones are obviously set in Australia. And then the next one will be set in America. And I like that they were set in Australia. That was nice. And I love, I love the little, the little cove, the little artist community yes. where, where this, this one is set in. It was just wonderful. So North Carolina, why North Carolina? Okay. So, um, some of the series that I have planned wouldn't work in Australia because Australia, um, the geography is and the size and the population doesn't have the meat that I need it to have. And so some of the series that I'm planning could be set in Australia, but some not. And I want a fictional town where they all are happening in the one place because I don't want to world build for each individual series. Do it once, do it right. And North Carolina has the right seasons. It has the right, because I want to do some snow because I don't, I don't have snow where I am. Um, so I want to have some time when they're in the snow, but I don't want it to be really ice bound. So originally I was looking at Nebraska and I think it's just a bit too cold in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so did some research kind of, we just landed in North Carolina because it had, um, it needed to be a flying distance, easy flying distance to New York. That's not too far from somewhere else. I'm, I know a lot more about American geography than I ever thought I was going to, but that's been an also fascinating thing. So I'm not much <laughs> you, of a geography person. That's been good. You might know more than most Americans. You know, we, <laughs> we you know, you ask us, where is um, Kansas? Oh, it's one of those square states in the middle. <laughs> Oh, Who yeah, knows? Yeah. I've flown landed. over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Now, do you, have you have you gone out in public yet and met any fans? Have you done any events or, or anything like that yet? No, no. That would be um, – my mum's a fan. Does that count? My yes. husband's a fan. Yes. Yeah, my kids are fans, although they haven't read it. Um, no, so I haven't met any strangers in real life, only online. So we've had a couple of people email us and we've had a couple of people respond to us on TikTok, um, which has just been a whole journey of its own. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm too small fry to be doing signings and things like that just yet. Yeah, well, you know, once you have some more books, uh, romance signings uh, at book shows go really well. Yeah, right. uh, I've, I've done with, with – I've taken some of my cozies to book shows and everybody else in the room is a romance author. And I, the last show I did, I did have like four people came up and went, oh, you've got cozies. And they bought every one of my books without even oh, looking at them because they were there looking for cozies and everything else was romance. Yeah, because everything's romance. Yeah, it's a very dominant genre. <clears throat> it is, but but there's a reason. I, you know, I think people at the end of the day, they want to be happy. I saw a lady on TikTok talking about how... Why does every book have to be a bestseller? And why does every book have to hit you and make you cry? Why can't you just pick something up and read it and just have a nice day? Mm -hmm. And even if you never think about the book again, you had a wonderful few hours. And I thought, oh my God, that's what I want to write. I just want to yeah. write things that people read and they have a good time and they they can move on. And yeah, that's what I, I want to read too. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, all these people that talk about they want to cry. I don't want to cry. No, I don't want to cry. I, because if I was going to write books that made people cry, I'd just be crying all the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. Writer, it's I'd just a, be crying. I have a, um, an idea for, well, my husband worked in um, Search and Rescue and there was a, 
a horrible, horrible, you know, it was always, he's always coming home and telling me about, you know, lost plains and, and people lost in wilderness and, and all these things. And so I have all these stories. And there was one that really affected a young girl that worked there. And I won't even say what happened because I can't even talk about it. Not. And it's been 30, no, not quite 30 years, 25 years since this happened. Mm. And I keep thinking I'm going to write about it one day. And I, and I start to sit down and think, nope, can't do it yet. Can't yeah. do it yet. Yeah. Not sure if I ever will, because I don't know if I want to put that trauma on somebody else. That's right. And I think, you know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 10 years from now, when the world is less traumatized, maybe we can engage in those stories again. But for me personally, and a lot of people I know, the real world is just far too traumatic to be entertained because it's entertainment. Reading is entertainment. I think we're just too traumatized to be entertained by that. I don't need any more things to make me think deeply, to feel deeply. I just open Facebook and I can do that. Watch the news, I can do that. Yeah, we, we can go on those. On yeah, any of those. Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even watch the news. I I, I can't. No, I, I can't do it. Either. I can't do it. No. Uh, okay, you're going to read for us because yes. I want everybody to get a sample of this book. I thoroughly okay. enjoyed it, and I want everybody Lovely. else to hear some too. Okay, so um, you did. I did get you to select the part that I was going to read out because as the writer, I'm like, I don't know which bits are resonate. Um, so I think that you did give me a guidance and I think I'm going to start with, um, I don't know, do we preface what happened before or just start talking, just start reading? Uh, nah, just start reading. Just start reading. <clears throat> They'll right, like you it. Just, yeah, you just tell me when to stop. All right. Uh, so they've just introduced each other um, again after some event. And um, he says, you must be Georgie. Um, no, he says, I am. I'm Ryan O'Shaughnessy. And you're Georgie. She shivered. She liked the way it felt for him to say her name, like a soft caress across her skin. Quinn, Georgie Quinn. She cleared her throat. So uh, thanks for catching me. How embarrassing. She hoped her blush wasn't too obvious. You're welcome. She didn't know what else to say, so she just stood there looking at him. Then she realised she was still holding his hand, or rather, he was holding hers, gazing at her as she was gazing at him. She pulled her hand free. That seemed to jolt him. Are you all right now? He's Irish, and I'm not going to do his Irish accent. I'm very sorry to say. You can stick with my Aussie accent to continue. Sure, I'm fine. She couldn't help the defensive note in her voice. He seemed about to say something, then changed his mind. You need something? He gestured to her car. Just my Kindle. I think it's fallen down under the seat. He stepped forward and Georgie moved out of the way. As he moved by her to lean into the car, she took a breath. Yep, he smelt as good as he looked, because of course he did. Retrieving her Kindle from under the passenger seat, he handed it to her with a smile. Georgie beat back a sigh as her heart did a slow roll in her chest. Yep, he had a gorgeous smile, because of course he did. Thank you. You're staying here then, he asked, closing the car door. Yes, just down here. Georgie waved her hand down towards the track. Oh, they were neighbours. Georgie gulped. Oh, God. Now she was in for it, she thought to herself. She was going to see him every day. So every day she was going to have the torment of living next door to a hot guy who wouldn't be looking at her twice. Realising that she was yet to respond, she said, lovely. So what sort of art do you do? He asks her. Me? None. None? Then what are you doing at an artist's colony? He started walking slowly down the track and it felt like the most natural thing in the world to fall into step beside him. I've got a special dispensation, she said. Have you now? And what sort of dispensation would that be? And she said, do you know Leah? The little dark-haired one? 
She says, yes, we're very old friends who lost touch. When we reconnected, she wanted me to come here. But her house only has one bedroom. So Juniper and William offered for me to stay here. Since any art I do would have the serious artists running in sheer horror, I'm allowed to stay as long as I like. The only caveat being that I don't pick up a paintbrush. She gave him a self-deprecating smile. Returning her smile, he said, that is special. Yeah, it is. They're nice people. They ambled down the track for a little while. Georgie didn't fail to notice that Ryan had matched his pace to hers. And what about you? Oh, I dabble in a bit of painting. That's amazing. And how long are you here for? He shrugged. Not sure. However long I need. Okay, was, that's good. Lovely, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to read to get more. Yeah, they will. Yeah. They will, definitely. Okay, so do you have a newsletter? Yes. Yep, we, we sure do. It's going, we've got one going out tonight. Okay, and how do people get on your newsletter? Uh, they can go on our website, which is marywaterford.com, and there's a subscribe button. Okay, fantastic. Are your books anywhere besides Amazon? No, exclusive to Amazon because they're in Kindle Unlimited. Oh, they're in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, read them in your prescription subscription. Nice. So, yeah, that's a that's a good one, people. So then you mm. can go through all four. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. When do you expect to have your North Carolina series out? Uh, well, we've uh, probably mid-June, the first one, and hopefully doing three-week releases after that. Oh, nice. So they should all be done by August, September, four of them. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a challenging one because we are doing a pretty serious co-write. So there has to be a lot of back and forth to make sure that we're keeping up with the continuity. So we want to have them all mostly written. It's not like write one release, write the next one release. It's like they all four have to be mostly written before we release the first one, which then means we can do a rapid release for the other ones. Oh, oh, I like that. And people, after they read the first one, they're going to want the second, third, and the fourth. Are there four in the series also? Again? Yes, this one's a four as well, yeah. Four seems to be a good juggle for us for keeping track of everything. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've got a fourth in my series that I'm doing, and I, I, I don't know. I might do a fifth and a sixth, but we'll see. So, yeah. oh, thank you so much for coming on today. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you. And for everybody, the, the series is called Blessed Inlet. Ah, oh, Blessed Inlet. Birthday gift, birthday girl, birthday song, birthday portrait. Yeah, and birthday portraits the one I started with and yes. the, the the guy is Ryan, great. Dr. Ryan. Yes. Yes. He's really great. He's really great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. He was so, great when he was living in my head too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was as I was reading, I was thinking, God, who would play him in a movie? Oh, I don't know. Who would play him in a movie? You tell me. I don't know. Because the thing about the Ryan's job is just to be because Georgie has a lot of pain. She has a lot of physical pain and she has a lot of emotional pain. And he realises that he's in love with her very early on in the piece. And it doesn't bother him at all. Because as far as he's concerned, to know Georgie is to love her. And oh, I've just learnt this term in the romance world, this kind of character who's like, he's strong within himself, but he's not your typical alpha male. He's a cinnamon bun, which I think is really sweet. I like oh, that. and see, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I really liked just the whole structure. I liked all her friends. I liked the artist colony where they were. It was just just a sweet story. Lovely, because that's how it felt to me writing it. So I really liked to hear that. Yeah, definitely, people. You have to check this out. And it's marywaterford.com. Correct, yes. Okay, guys, that's where you're going to go to check it out. I'll have all the links down in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on and staying up Thanks late. So
so much for having me. Thank you so much, Susan. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with her. and We talked for a long time after I hit um, the stop recording button. Sorry for keeping you up so long. She's like 14 hours ahead of me in the future. It's so cool. She should write sci-fi. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, everything that you need to know is down in the show notes. Please check out her books. I guarantee you will love them. They are sweet, fun, spicy romances, and you will thoroughly enjoy them. Um, I can't guarantee it'll be the, the heat level that you want, but you know what? For me, it was just right. So check out those links in the show notes. Check out her website, marywaterford.com. That's the pen name. And if you have any comments or you have show suggestions, you can drop me a note at mel at melissabonzak.com, spelled just like it sounds. Or you can look in the show notes and, you know, click on that link. And that's it for now. I will have another great show for you next week. Go read a good book. Mm -hmm.